0: this idea that I can be all things Mm. at once on all levels and all ways to all people. I'm just like tired fucking thinking about it. Sometimes I honestly just want to sit on the couch, watch Netflix,
1: eating chips,
0: eating fucking salt and vinegar chips.
1: Salt and vinegar chips, my favorite, which is, if I may draw the parallel now, everything we're saying then about perfectionism, then it's interesting that our escape or your escape is Camilla Bloom, like complete different identity, like an escape. Like, and then I'm talking about, like, I want to stop people pleasing and doing that myself. So it's like the, the ideal versions of ourselves in our lives is being exactly everything that we are there every day. (laughs) Do we need therapy? therapy? (laughs) (laughs) I think I need to go and call my therapist. Life gives you two choices when it throws everything at you. You can let it swallow you whole, or you take those lemons. And as the old saying goes, you turn it into sweet, delicious lemonade. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. Welcome to Lemonade. I'm your host, Elizabeth O'Neill, and I'll be sharing the incredible stories from inspiring people who've turned the hardest times in their life, their lemons, into lemonade. Because we all want to know how they did it, the lessons they learnt, and what life is like sipping limoncello on the other side. Let's get juicing. Monique Barry, welcome to The Juice. How are you?
0: Uh, I'm good. And I'm just going to jump straight in because we we're talking about really funny stuff. And now <laughs> I feel like we've started recording. We're not going to have anything funny. To say. <laughs> it's going to be super awkward. <laughs> it's like, okay. stop talking. We need to
1: record. That's literally exactly what happened. She's like, this is good stuff for the podcast. Um... Do you want me to just continue what I'll say?
0: Yes, so okay. getting a door message in your position <laughs> with TikTok.
1: I am obsessed with TikTok at the moment. Like I always I, I I've enjoyed it for a while, but just lately and like
0: Do you have a TikTok?
1: No, well, like I've got an account but I've never I've never posted anything and it's just me watching creeping on other people's. And my algorithm is so specific. So yes, like, you know, I'll, I'll be in any 10 minute block. I'll be crying at some sad dog videos. I'll be terrified at like some like conspiracy theory or something, or like just something scary, like a ghost thing. Oh. And the next thing I'll be like all enraged and like feeling like really proactive. Like if I'm watching stuff that's coming out of Astro World, And then the next thing it's like this lady teaching you how to like work out tension in your jaw. So the next, in the next, you know minute i'm like massaging stuff out of my jaw and i'm like wow that really does feel so much better and it's just yeah, a one a good jaw massage it did feel really good but this was like a cheek one so like put your thumb in your cheek like oh, sorry guys this really isn't great and then like you just kind of oh. yeah and she's like and then you call it oh my god this is great <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry
1: guys and this then really you kind cool. of like pull it, like it's kind of like you fish hook your own cheek and then like from the inside and the out. You fish you, hook your cheek. And then you kind of like drag it out and you can actually feel the knots coming out. So anyway, so I'm watching it too much. I'm watching it in bed. I'm watching it in my downtime. But that was the conversation we were having that Monique is now giving me a disgusted look about like, grow and, up.
0: <laughs> in hindsight, it was not a great idea to go get-
1: not when the conversation comes into like this. Anyway, so that's what I've been doing, um, watching TikTok. How about you?
0: Oh, nothing. No. <laughs> we, just, we just had this big conversation about how people get asked me, what have you been up to? And I keep saying nothing, even though like, it's not nothing. I've been doing lots of stuff, but it feels like my life is so steady at the moment and nothing new is changing. And I was saying how it's so strange to not have these crazy highs and crazy lows and dramatics going on in my life. Like I'm working and it feels good. I'm parenting and it feels good. And I want it to be wrong. I'm searching actively, (laughs) I'm like,
1: Yeah, it doesn't make great co- I must say it doesn't make yeah. great <laughs> podcast content when your life is going okay. So yeah. maybe consider that for the next juice episode. <laughs>
0: yeah, okay, I'll find something dramatic to talk about. Please just um, start, start a someone. I turned someone. 37 since we last spoke. That was exciting. Happy
1: birthday. Yeah,
0: I know. So it feels good. what did you so, do? Um I did. I actually went away. I I went away to this glamping place in the bush. Mm. <laughs> I went rogue. I went bush the two nights, uh, there was like no reception, no power. It was fucking amazing. Um, but it's also been the first time I've been away from Bo in a very, very long time. And, you know, it was like six hours in and he was already crying. Oh, <laughs> So it was good. And it's the first time I've been alone in a very long time. So yeah. it's well overdue. Yeah, it was good. Just nothing. I just wrote for two days. I sat in an outdoor bath in the middle of the day and it was just amazing. Just chilled. So I didn't take my laptop. Also very unusual. I know. Somewhere
1: wow. I you place. wrote all day. You journaled all day.
0: Yeah, journaled or I slept or I like read books and just sat in the bath.
1: No TikTok. <laughs> no TikTok. <laughs>
0: I do not even think I got a TikTok account.
1: No, oh, up. well that sounds lovely yeah. Yeah, um let's jump right into it i reckon all people right. have heard enough of our, our dribble at the start so as you all hopefully aware that the, um yeah we've obviously mixed up the format for this season we have a list of about 100 would you say vulnerable questions that we randomly generate and ask one another and uh some very interesting discussions have come out of them. I really loved last week's last so last, last week last month's one was last month's one was so funny. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, go back. If we may so so ourselves, just about like I. But I did have people message. I
0: did listen to it back myself, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm funny."
1: About your toxic traits that you love, um, it that really descended dying. into chaos. So hopefully. Today we're going to give you some more no spiritual mm,
0: toxic traits. Yes.
1: All right, are you picking for me first or am I picking for you?
0: oh uh, either or. I'll do you. I'm
1: going to pick for you first. It's always me first. Oh, okay. So, stuff ya. Okay. Easy for you. Oh. Okay. When was the last time you felt really insecure about the parts of yourself you pretend don't exist?
0: Oh, I have to think about this one. Yeah, it's quite. Hang on, say it again.
1: When was the last time you felt really insecure about the parts of yourself you pretend don't exist?
0: Okay. All right. I'll do it.
1: (laughs) Good. (laughs) Otherwise we have no podcast.
0: (laughs) It's not like I pretend. Okay, so the parts of me that I... Suppose I—I d- I don't pretend they don't exist, but I also like don't talk about it openly. I suppose it's a very sexual part of myself. Like I feel like I am a sex fiend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. I love reading. Sm- I love reading sex shit. I love sex. Everything like anything to do with sex. Like I am now not so secretly obsessed with it.
1: <laughs> that's a really good one, actually, because I would definitely say that that's your. that you wouldn't speak about openly but you
0: and I don't speak about it openly and Mm. it's not because I'm ashamed of it or embarrassed of it or anything like that I just feel sometimes at a loggerheads with my image of myself or these parts of myself that are like very motherly or businesswoman and in this part of myself who is a woman who is very sensual sexual kind of (laughs) kinky like I feel like they don't go together and I'm not I'm not sure I really want them to go together. And so I do have situations where I'm maybe around my family. (laughs) Like, hey, mom, look at my new crystal dildo. But which FYI, everybody should get one because they're (laughs) fucking amazing. You actually say did you actually what? say that
1: to your mom hey look at
0: no but it's not like I ever would I yes feel I like got you just like a whole part of myself or if I'm reading like a sex book and Bo's like can you read me some of your book which sometimes I do not my sex books, but just books <laughs> in general and I'm skipping over words and I'm like he her you know that's all I can read
1: <laughs> Yes.
0: The other day, I was going to do a book review because I always share books and stuff that I'm reading, usually on my Instagram stories, because I read quite a bit. And I was like, I actually can't share these ones because they are full blown fucking porn books. Like, really? What are
1: they called?
0: Um, well, they're like adult fantasy. Fuck, I'm a loser. (laughs) (laughs) adult fantasy. So, which basically just means that there these like imaginary hardcore sex scenes in these fucking books like literally has like okay you can not
1: are they people it. or are they fairies cuz sometimes you said talked about no. fairies
0: sometimes <laughs> sometimes a mix sometimes <laughs> a fairy with the people
1: really why would fair what's but, fairies got to do with it
0: oh it's just um okay so in adult do we really want to go into this yes <laughs>
1: yes is the answer <laughs>
0: For me, what I like to read is stuff that I cannot relate to in any way, shape or form. Got you. I like stuff that helps spark my imagination. It feels like like an escape yeah it feels like an escape like it's that's Mm. what i why i read i don't like reading for educational reasons really that's not how i learn i learn visually um i if it's for pure enjoyment i want to be able to see it in my head and so it's just usually fairies i don't know why maybe because they're like (laughs) hot and fucking sexy and Oh,
1: maybe and And they're quite human like you know like they've they've got got human bodies bodies. oh huge
0: very thick (laughs) my
1: books (laughs) Get to, <laughs> get to confirm in real life
0: next time i meet a Fay warrior i will tell everybody okay great
1: lovely
0: but i just feel that that's the part of myself st- i can't even remember what the fucking christian is yeah no but like, you are
1: on the, you are on track yes no <laughs> i
0: feel like that's a big part of myself something that mm. is all my friends i would openly talk to about with and love talking about it see me everything see every smutty shit my way and i will and devour it but it's not something that I would normally talk about in the context of my normal life. It's like, I'm an underground
1: sex fiend. Sex, sex,
0: sex fiend yeah.
1: It is interesting what you said about how those two parts, these parts of you feel like they don't merge because I feel like identities on like social media say that are very sex positive and talk about a lot of this stuff. That is their identity. And that feels like their identity, and I'm sure behind closed doors it's not. There's so much more to their life. But that becomes their identity and why you might be looking at their page and what people are attracted to to learn about, you know, like sex toys or sex positive, you know, the sex positive movement. And you never really see that being merged with motherhood and business mm-hmm. being a businesswoman and, mm-hmm. I don't know, doing, I don't know, yoga in the park. I don't know. Let's just, just mean I know, people. I life normal yeah. life. So I can see what you're saying. So if you felt like perhaps that you went down that path, that almost it becomes such a dominant personality trait that perhaps you don't think needs to be a dominant, dominant personality trait for the whole world yeah. to see.
0: I don't know. It's also like really weird if you, when I think about it, I think that a lot of it has to do with shame around sexuality mm. and sensuality and pleasure and stuff like that growing up. Yeah. And, and then how that merges into motherhood is, I know that even for myself as someone who is very sex positive and who does want to raise my child in a way that they don't feel ashamed about sex or about their body parts or about pleasure or enjoyment or anything like that. I do still have that struggle within myself about how to separate, you know, how do I communicate with him or how do I feel comfortable without sexualizing things? So yes. I do have, it's not something that's really natural for me to be able to,
1: I'm exactly the same. Together, yeah,
0: you know, like if he's touching my boob because he wants comfort, but in my mind, I'm like, "You're six now. You need to stop touching my boob because that's a sexual thing." I mean, not that he's it's a sexual thing, but you know, that's the part of my mind that's at war. Yeah, with each other is how do I communicate this in a way that's not shaming him or myself, whatever.
1: I have so, no answers yeah. for that because I'm very similar. Yeah. I I sometimes yeah. feel like I see things on Instagram about talking to. Uh, con- you know, from the view of conscious parenting, talking to children mm. about socks, sex, socks, positive, <laughs> sex positive language, <laughs> socks, positive as well. You need children to be in favor of Where's socks. Your fucking socks. Where's your socks? Seriously though, actually, like how annoying. Anyway. Socks? <laughs> yeah. Where, why are the socks off? Why are there no matching socks? Anyway, that's a whole other t- issue. Uh,
0: whole
1: t- um, issue. And I, it makes me cringe and feel very awkward. And that's my yeah. own stuff. Totally. So I I was
0: thinking about like masturbation, right. And how we never ever talk about this. Like I co-sleep. So it's almost impossible for me to have time to myself where I can self-pleasure. But then I'm like trying to talk to my son about, you know, masturbation and pleasuring himself. Not now, but I'm thinking in the future, maybe now, who knows. And I was thinking, reading all these things about how you teach your son how to wash his own sheets so that there's no shame around him basically having come everywhere, you know, like,
1: (laughs) oh my God. God. Sometimes I feel really ill-equipped to be a parent of a teenager. Like sometimes I just, you know, I feel like I can do babies. I can do like all these, my son's five and this age, this is so fun. Like I love this dynamic, but I'm like, the teenagers like break me out. I don't know how I'm going to be a mom of a 13 year old boy. I don't
0: yeah. want to think about it. I'm I don't
1: know. After
0: that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I would say that that's the answer to that question for me is yeah.
1: Mm, that's a brilliant you? answer. I loved Thanks. that chat. Really I good job.
0: Brilliant woman. Thanks. Tick, tick. Yay. A plus. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Hmm. <clears throat> name this is pretty good one name one thing you have given up for difficult reasons
1: Mm. um well i just had a little think about that one and i think the biggest thing i've ever given up is the fairy tale dream that i had of my life like the whole idea of how my whole life was supposed to look the whole beautiful magical way it was supposed to unfold the script. It was supposed to follow, um, giving all of that up, uh, for a lot, for an avenue that was extremely uncertain. So basically giving up the idea of getting married to somebody, continuing have to having children with with that person, the life that we were supposed to have, and then realizing that that person hadn't been faithful and in that moment as a 26 year old being like i have to this has to go i have to give all of this up i have to give this dream up i have to give this fantasy up um i have to give this love up as well you know really deep immense love uh to choose a life that is uncertain and scary and unprecedented and completely unscripted and it feels very out of control and unsafe which was being a single mother at 26 and what that may or may not look like so i think yeah that's the very obvious answer i can think of for that one and you know that's it was that it's that sliding doors moment where you're like i couldn't make this work and it could go down this way yeah, or I was
0: thinking about a fork in the road as well sliding doors yeah Hmm.
1: Or you go that way and it's going to look this way. Um, both are going to have huge ramifications on my life. Like there was no real easy answer in that. And I think that's obviously why some people stay as well. Um, but for me, that, ob- that wasn't an option. But the option I had to then take was extremely scary as well. So yeah, I think yeah. that's the answer to that one.
0: It's so weird if you think about it, like how, because I, I had the same thing, you know, you have this idea of, the linear path that your life is going to take, right? All the tick yeah. boxes that you have to check, and I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? Like, who told yeah. me, and why did I believe so readily that that was? Why did that feel so good? Why did that feel like such a process of grief, having to let that go? Like, why was this so embedded in myself and my soul and my heart and my mind that that was the fairy tale life? That that's mm-hmm. the dream life for me to then have to literally, like, find every ounce of courage within me mm. to say, like, I deserve more than this.
1: And the other, you know, keeping on that, you know, the other, the, the path that we've chosen, it is an uncomfortable truth to admit that that's a lot of women, a lot of women I know, and women I probably don't know as well, worst nightmare. You know, like, I'm very... Comf- I'm, not, I'm very familiar with the fact that my life and the cho- choice I chose and the way it looks is honestly a lot of women's worst nightmare, having to do it alone. You mean being a single mum? Yeah, and do it alone and then deal with, you know, um, and uh, that person becoming your ex and then you're that per- person introducing other women around your child. And, and that's really kind of uncomfortable that the choice that you made, that I made, that was so empowered and I think courageous and frightening is still someone's worst nightmare. You know what I mean? It's like this incredible, like it's like this stark dichotomy of
0: being so afraid of that experience keeps people stuck in things. Because I know for myself that I stayed probably Mm. like way beyond its expiry date. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was the same. I was like, if I let this go, everybody's going to hate me. Everyone's going to think I'm stupid. Everyone's constantly telling me how lucky I am. Like there must be something wrong with me for me to not think, you know, making it, staying in a situation that isn't the most evolutionary experience in my mind is, is the hardest it's yeah that's you know, the worst thing that you can do because you're afraid of the alternative you're afraid you're ultimately afraid of what the unknown and and how losing society.
1: control as well yeah i think the a lot of story
0: as well the narrative around what being a single mom looks like and yeah. dating as a single mom and finances yeah. as a single mom and parenting and all of those kinds of things as a single mom There's so i mean some of them are right but some of them are so wrong
1: yeah and that unknown as well yeah I just think it's it's such a worthy discussion and then also what comes with it like you know I um have been single for a few years now and just the like I don't know the kind of jokes that get directed towards me which I can perpetuate as well like I'll kind of laugh about <laughs> men's
0: <laughs> well,
1: men not being yeah being disappointed with men let's that's putting it mildly um you know, I can, but then it's kind of like then the jokes at your expense about being the only single one or that you do have to do it alone. You don't have anyone else helping you. And yeah, I don't know the way And like, Oh, don't, Oh God, you still, there's still no one good out there. Have you tried this or, Oh, my friend when they, you know, they met, they had a friend that met someone at 34 and you know, they just had years and years of not being able to find you get all of that kind of Oh, thrown at you for me
0: is the worst. Like, oh um, you can come, but it's going to be all couples. Is
1: oh. okay? or no, when it's, it's not mentioned not and you. Anyway. <laughs> I wasn't going anyway. Or it, to me, it's away, more but... the looking around and you're like in a groom and you're like, oh yeah, great. I'm the only single one in this whole room. <laughs> awesome. Anyway, this is, I do think this is a little bit of a sidetrack from what uh, it was originally about. But just yeah, it is the it is the um, that was the that was the probably hardest decision I've ever made in my life is letting something go that natu- that felt. You know, I remember being, I remember my son being born, and looking at my ex and being like, I will love you forever. Like we are in this forever. Like now you, I know you are my person. Like you are. We've had this child, and it's was like this is set and done. Like, oh my gosh, like this is my person forever. And I will love you and we will be together. Like, that was just my thought. It's like, if like that motherly attachment, I suppose to that family and then like for that eight months, that wasn't true. (laughs) And that's just a big thing to, you know, and was it true at the time? I thought it probably not. It was probably a little, little bit of grasping, I guess, a little bit of trauma bonding. But also like a biological wiring, you know, biological wiring to want your family to. But you
0: know what, you know, at the time that you know it. And then obviously in reflection, and when you have a different experience or perspective on the situation, you're like, "Mm, maybe that's not quite so true, but that doesn't mean it wasn't true then. Mourning the,
1: yeah. Which leads me to mourning the, mourning what it was supposed to be is the hardest part. That's what took a long time to get over, mourning the dream, mourning the illusion and the fantasy of what it was supposed to be, but wasn't. I think
0: the hardest thing I've ever let go of is, like, my dream to live overseas. Yeah,
1: that's a big one.
0: I mean, I did live in Australia, but that doesn't count.
1: It's no. Yeah. And I like a little bit. Like- But yeah, that's a big one for a lot of people. And then they have children and then it's kind of like almost pretty like I mean, you can do it, but it's pretty difficult. And it's
0: not impossible. Well, it's hard harder for me because Steve has my co-parent has zero desire to live overseas. Yes.
1: Yes. That is a big thing (laughs) for me too. Like I would love to just go and live like up for six months or something like in Queensland or do something like that, not necessarily overseas. And people are like, why don't you just go do it? And I'm like, because I'm literally tied to somebody else that I'm not with anymore. Mm. Like I can't just, I don't have, and it is quite difficult to admit that and to sit with that you just don't have those freedoms anymore and you're tied to someone that you're not with either. Like you can't just take somebody's child and go somewhere else unless, of course, they're agreeable to it, but it's very, honey, unlikely that they will be. It's shit. It's
0: hard because you're trying to like navigate, I suppose, different people's values and lifestyles and wants and goals and all of those kinds of things. And you have to consider not just yours, yeah. but your child's and your co-parents. Mm. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Answered that My one. Time. Okay. Your turn. <laughs> My turn now. <laughs> My turn now. My turn. Still Scorpio season. Uh, maybe that's why we had it. The first sex chat we've had on this podcast because it's Scorpio season. And you're a double Scorpio.
0: I am a double Scorpio. I mean, even like having that, even admitting that in that first question was very unusual for me. I mean, mm. if you were to read mine in your conversations, <laughs> it would be not obvious. be unusual. <laughs> no, I
1: totally, I very much resonate with that idea of like the different images and how do they combine to become one. Yeah. Um, okay. <clears throat> is that a nice one? Oh, Okay, this, yours are all coming up about insecurities. What is the one insecurity you're pretty sure has some basis in reality?
0: Oh, Oh, actually, I feel very insecure when it comes to being truthful and like honesty. I find it extremely, extremely difficult and very, very vulnerable. I find I would just rather like not say anything at all and just avoid it completely and how this has come about or like the, my thoughts around this of late which people the hard thing is is that people would look at me and they'll think you're a very honest person yeah. straight up they know exactly what they're going to get with me you know i'm not necessarily black and white but i'm kind of black and white yeah but then the things that are really important to me are the things that i really want to are the things that are really on my heart especially um s- like if i'm speaking spontaneously or if it's something that's really present a- I just don't feel it takes me a long time to establish a sense of safety in order to say it and I think this mm. is why I prefer writing as a medium because it gives me time to write it as it 's relevant and like foremost in my mind, and then I can sit on it and honestly most of the time i don't i don 't even post like ninety nine percent of yeah. the stuff that i'm actually writing because i 'm afraid i'm afraid of Um, I don't feel like safe with some of the things that I'm saying. I feel like this culture is very much as well bred, I think from social media. I don't personally think social media is bad, but people seem to have developed this right Mm. to have an opinion on basically your own opinion pieces Um, because it's in a public forum. It leaves you open an open target and I don't inherently believe that to be right or true yeah um I already have an issue with honesty because of my own childhood traumas so which was that I remember this one particular time that I got uh, a particular bad beating from my parents for Telling the truth oh. and ever since then it's cemented this idea that being honest is unsafe and so I, I still carry I've still I've worked through a lot of it but I still carry a lot of that and I notice it in small things like my writing I'm like I would love to share this I would love to share my opinion on this but it doesn't feel safe or I don't feel like I have Uh, the confidence to be able to back what I'm saying, even though it's just a fleeting moment, a fleeting thought, which is often what poetry and writing is all about. It's just like, I don't know, these like ideas that move through your heart and soul so briefly that they want to be captured and brought into the physical reality without being overthought, you know, but it's not safe to do that because people want facts and they want research and they want like evidence and, experience and all of these things and I'm like creativity and art doesn't really have that essence to me it doesn't have it's it is fleeting it's um you know it is
1: spontaneous almost spontaneous it's like, and yeah
0: and it's it's not explainable and it's not based on facts it's their feelings and experiences. Anyway, so I would say that being honest is something that, and and being really truthful with where I stand on things or what I believe in or my thoughts on things is something that I feel very still to this day insecure about, even though I do hold very strong opinions about stuff. And if I feel comfortable to do so, you will know it. Yeah. You will definitely know it.
1: That you (laughs) don't feel comfortable. Yeah. in like a public like
0: Yeah. If it's in public view, not that I want to be famous or anything, but sometimes I just want to share what's on my heart and mind without having to filter it or think too much. Um, yeah. Well, and there's so many
1: examples of people being torn down for doing exactly that. So like countless examples. So yeah. Which is so
0: dumb because I'm like a stranger's opinion of me. Yeah. I don't, I honestly don't give a fuck. So I, it's in like, contradiction with my belief that I don't, really don't care what anyone thinks of me. I don't give a fuck if people don't like me because I have like three friends anyway and I'm good with that. <laughs>
1: am and I if one someone of, who doesn't like I me. Am I one of your has, friends?
0: Oh yeah. Okay, let's just
1: <laughs> oh, we've never met, <laughs> no, so maybe not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but do you know what I mean? So I, it's like it's like I try to like put all these pieces where I really care what people say about me, but I also yeah. really don't give a fuck what people say about me. Yeah. Very strange, very strange experience.
1: No, I can feel that. I feel exactly the same. I feel like there's so many things, yeah, that run through my head that I think, oh, geez, that would be a great thing to write. Oh, but then people probably say this or think this or judge me for this or say this. And then you just, it just zaps it. You know what I mean? And then you just go, oh, fuck it. Yeah.
0: And I just think to myself, what gives people, I mean, I think two things often. I think what gives people the right to have a comment on your truth? Yeah. Like to have, you know, if if you haven't asked for it, like if you don't like it, move along. That's obviously not where you don't need to read it. But also most people respond, whether it's like whatever it is, most people respond from a place of their own beliefs and stories.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: If I wrote, yeah. So if I wrote something, I, this has happened. This is a true story. So I wrote something about my dad once, which is very vulnerable and my sister who has a completely different experience yep. of my dad, basically had a go at me for writing it uh, and called me a liar. And I just thought to myself, you haven't even tried to, and I'm, I'm not here to try and prove my point of view either. Like I'm just writing what's real for me, but you're just responding from a place of what's real for you. I'm not trying yes. to deny your truth by, yeah, I'm not trying to deny your truth through k- expressing my truth. I'm just trying to express my truth full stop.
1: The family intricacies of families like that, gosh, that's, it gets complex like that, isn't it? Especially when someone has a different experience to another person and therefore and they feel like I'm kind of insulted by you, that you would yeah. even think that that happened.
0: Yeah. And my sister's much older than me. So she got a very different version of my dad. She got a version of my dad who was before my one of my brothers died, you know, she got that version of my dad, whereas I got my dad sixteen years after my brother died. So there's a lot that can happen between the birth you know, the death of your firstborn child and
1: absolutely
0: fourth child.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's a good one. Tick.
0: Mm. Tick. Tick. Yeah, your turn. All right, my turn.
1: (laughs) I love that we just were so like, oh no.
0: You know, tell me.
1: I oh, know. We're just so like, um, t- love patting ourselves on the back so much. That was awesome one, Monique. <laughs> Tick. You did that. Like, <laughs> like that. thank you. I know. I oh, know. No.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, I want this question.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, you answer it after I answer it then.
0: Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, i probably have a dumb answer. So let's just see where it goes. But imagine you have one day left in your life. What do you regret not doing?
1: Oh, my God. This is the most you question ever. Uh, yeah. Oh, do you want to answer it first?
0: No, you answer oh, it Oh, okay. Question.
1: I would regret. Is that what it is? It was what you'd regret?
0: No. If you have one day left in your life, what do you regret not
1: doing? Not doing. It's one
0: thing you wish you had done. You're on your deathbed. Tomorrow, no, let's not say tomorrow. You're on your deathbed.
1: Yeah, hopefully deathbed
0: not. And you're reflecting on your life and you're like, Elizabeth, you really should have done blah.
1: I would regret caring so much about what people think of me all the time Mm. and people pleasing to an image of what I really, really want them to believe I am and in the pursuit of doing that, put my wants and needs second so I can continue looking like this perfect, good Girl, the motto that I'm working in in therapy is the girl that can do it all. That's how I kind of Boo. live. <laughs>
0: Fuck her! It's not real. She
1: it's exactly my what my books. therapist did. <laughs> Boom! <laughs>
0: Imagine a therapist responding like that.
1: anyway yes so that is the the story in my head is the girl that can do it all and i think a lot of that comes from Mm. looping back to my first question is very much you know becoming a single mom proving everyone wrong about you know this 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 self-righteous crusade about proving Mm. people wrong about what a single mom is and what they look like and i'm still me and like you know, it comes a lot from that. And, you know, I can do it all. I can work and I can have friends and I can be a mum, and I can look after myself and I can blah, blah, date and have boyfriends and yada, 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 yada. So I think a lot of that and probably, you know, probably came from a lot earlier, but that's what I can track it from is this idea of, yes, this has happened to me, but don't you worry, look what I can still be doing. I could start a podcast about turning lemons into lemonade. Don't you worry about that because I've turned them in those lemons into lemonade. Like it's all linked to that. And a lot of it had to do with, you know, which is actually a little bit fine now, but, um, a very like all the amount of effort I put into a very positive co-parenting relationship. It was all trying to be it all and do it all because I'm the girl that can do it all. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. That's what I would regret. That was the question. So I would, mm. I think, and you know, and it's funny. You can be so of conscious of that. that. Yeah. And I can be so conscious of that, but probably like get off this podcast and probably just act like that the rest of the day. Like, you know, it's, and all something will happen and I'll, I'll revert back to those patterns. So I, yeah, it's that, what is it cognitive dissonance when you could be so aware of something, but then be like, mm, but I'm just going to keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, maybe, blissfully, maybe, maybe very ignorant. So yeah, I reckon that's. I would just be like, you know, that's what I'd be like on my deathbed. Fuck you all. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: I can relate to that. I think, I mean, I think if my if I had one day left, if say I was dying tomorrow, not when I'm like ninety or 108, which is my goal, I'd, 108.
1: I never want to be that old.
0: I, why do people not want to be that old? I'm like, I could get a letter from the world king. I'll get a letter from the king. saying congratulations Monique, for living that. Oh, I don't plan on being a decrepit <laughs> 108 year old. I'll be a bionic woman.
1: I love that that was your first reasoning. I'm going to get a letter from the king. <laughs> Eight years earlier. Then you can drop. William. <laughs>
0: But if it would, if mine would be one thing, like if I was to drop you tomorrow, it would honestly always, it would be a very similar version of like that. But I always, always do the right thing. The good thing. Yes. And sometimes I just want to do the bad thing. Sometimes, bad girl, Monique thing. The bad girl, Monique thing. Like sometimes I wish I'd just fucking quit my job and taken yeah. all my money and blown it fucking traveling around South America.
1: I thought but you like, went like this, I'm blown it. <laughs> <laughs> She gestured to her oh, nose. I was like, Oh goodness. This mine. is a wild plan that you had. My God. I like <laughs> this Monique. <laughs> yeah, I, like right Monique. <laughs> I like bad girl Monique.
0: I like bad girl Monique's fun. I wish I had just like, you know, like thought, fuck it. And like, mm. pursued, like my great love, you know, like all of those things that you think you sort of talk yourself out of. Yeah. Because it's, it's, too irrational it's too unstable it's too crazy it's too wild
1: yeah Um, and people will judge and just wherever being the good girl and i like you know what comes with that and Mm -hmm. the lovely things people say because you're a good girl and you won't ever offend anyone and people can say whatever they want to you like i love that part people say whatever they want to me and i won't get angry because i don't confront people oh yeah
0: I'm not really into confrontation anyway. I feel like it's a waste of energy because you're talking to someone who doesn't want to hear what you have to say anyway, but True. I just wish I'd been like, fuck it. I'm selling every fucking thing I own. and I'm buying a fucking camper van. And I'm traveling around South America and I'm changing my name to Carmela Bloom and <laughs> with my great love and reading books and working in a fucking bar, serving margaritas to rich Americans all day and then having sex all night on the beach, which just been my fucking perfect life. <laughs>
1: this Under question really was for you wasn't it, it
0: was. i can see it now
1: i know i can see you seeing it now like your eyes are like glazing off into the <laughs> distance i'm there
0: I'm you're there there. in tulum half naked
1: maybe there's a there's a parallel version of monique though like there's this other alternate reality version of you that does exist bizarro monique yeah. we can call it
0: <laughs> carmella her name's carmella bloom maybe i, used that's to happening. When I was little honestly. I think it was like a sense, like a form of escapism from my childhood traumas Um, that I used to fantasize, like thickly fantasize about packing up, move, this is pre-social media and internet, actually internet time, but packing up, moving overseas and never, like never being heard of again and like disappearing into the jungle or something like that. And people are you like, one what of what happened to Monique? Missing person. <laughs> My face is on a milk carton and stuff like that.
1: Are you one of those people that like, if you were to go, touch wood, like I don't really want you to Gong. die. Yeah. Would you like want to go in like newsworthy circumstances? So there was like a whole podcast about like, no, where is Monique? No. Oh, okay. Street. Shrouded in the Sure, street. sure. Sorry. I, mean, I, I misinterpreted that.
0: that yeah. I would never do it now because obviously child, but shrouded in mystery just one day pack up bags gone closet empty bank empty passport where is she she hasn't been kidnapped she's taken everything with her never heard from her again never again someone goes never again someone goes to you and I like I saw this girl that looked like yes. I mean, yes and her name is Carmela so it can't be her
1: and she had a different accent she had like an American accent or something like that yeah, you'd have to adopt a and- new accent
0: in my fantasy i had blonde hair as well which a doesn't work because my hair is very coarse curly and pacific island you know moldy here <laughs> <hair>, so <laughs> it wouldn't <laughs> work but in my and my dream of carmella balloon she had blonde hair
1: yeah i love that great another tick for us <laughs> well we hope you-
0: <laughs> we have <hope you> all- <laughs> the first question was, all i remember is we talked about being good girls again bad mm, girls again that is yeah, definitely the thing therapy.
1: And I think as well, like I might just take that conversation to the fact that even as little girls, little girls are taught to be agreeable and compliant and not be difficult and be yep. love, you know, perfect little girls. So that, you know, that does come from a real macro level of conditioning too. Yeah. And it's just created. Great. Yeah but that's why
0: obedience we're... is the way of women for the future. Yeah. <laughs> obedient,
1: but maybe that's why like we're supposed to have girls, me and you, we both have boys. I feel like I'm supposed to have a girl to try and break cycles. Where I is she? Know.
0: I think often about like how, like I, I think my role as a mother of um, male um, is because I feel that a lot, I'm use the word, very loosely that a lot of my uh oppression of my soul has come from the men in my lives and their expectations of me to be all of the things a good wife a good provider someone who keeps the house clean a good mother someone who earns equal amounts of money uh also looks beautiful great in bed yeah I mean, yep. I've got the last few things ticked off naturally.
1: Well, that's, that's tick
0: and tick but- <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no effort there. Um, but, the, you know, like, t- it's just, like, so fucking hard. Like, sometimes it's just...
1: The girl that can do her. it all. Like, sometimes, and that's not unique to me whatsoever. Like, as women, we feel this pressure to do it all, all the time and do it all really well yeah. all the time. And, like, yeah. even when I have lapses in parenting where I don't respond how I should, like... I can be so unkind to myself in the aftermath of that because I'm just like, how could you not do that really well? Or it, it, why weren't you, why weren't you perfect in that moment? Like this is your job to be a mother. You chose to bring a child into the world. And I mean, this is me just like kind of being frustrated. This isn't me anything too dramatic. Um, but the pressure to do it all and do it all well all the time and like on our bodies and the way we look and
0: maintain and, that level of perfection as well, which is so, 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 so unrealistic.
1: Have yes, beautiful like skin. It. You look after our hair. Like, you know, a lot of it goes back to like my relationship breakdown was like the facts that like I didn't, I still had weight on me after having a baby. Like for fuck's mm. sake, like that is just disgusting that that was even a factor, like who cares? But it's that, yeah. it goes back to that, you know, but as a woman, you're supposed to look like this after having a baby. And I you're do supposed that to- as
0: well with hair. Like my hair is wild and untamed and everyone's always like, ah, I love your hair so much. And I'm like, yeah, great. That's good on you. But I look at other women who feel put together to me and their hair is so, like, you have great hair. Sorry. <laughs>
1: oh my God. I know, I know.
0: <laughs> but you have great hair, but I can never, I always used to feel, I know this is like so dumb and shallow and superficial, but I always felt growing up, I was like, I will never have my look, quote unquote look or under control because I can never tame my hair. Like my hair will always be wild and unruly. I will never have that hair. Therefore, I will never look like that. So I just give up kind of a thing.
1: I feel like, like that with wearing white, if I ever, like I'm like a really messy <laughs> eater. <and> like, <laughs> I always drop things on myself and I can't wear white. Right. And I always think I will never be that woman because I can't wear a white pantsuit to a luncheon and get away with it without red wine or like sauce on me.
0: <laughs> I Also, am very like, yeah, I'm, I just, I'd never feel put together. And that's one. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but basically this idea that I can be all things
1: mm.
0: at once on all levels and always to all people, I'm just like tired fucking thinking about it. Sometimes I honestly just want to sit on the couch, watch Netflix.
1: Eating chips.
0: Eating fucking salt and vinegar chips.
1: Salt and vinegar chips, my favorite. Which is, if I may draw the parallel now, everything we're saying then about perfectionism, then it's interesting that our escape, or your escape is Camilla Bloom like complete different identity like an escape like and then i'm talking about like i want to stop people right, pleasing and doing that myself so it's like the the ideal versions of ourselves in our lives is being exactly everything that we are every day <laughs> just, yeah. do we get therapy, therapy? <laughs> <laughs> i think i need to go and call my therapist <laughs> I'm like, i am go no. <laughs> gonna be like my life is a lie <laughs> Okay, I'm laughing through my tears. Oh, well, thank you for your time, Monique. It was absolute pleasure chatting to you. If you've lasted oh this girl. long in the episode, I hope we hope you liked but it. Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, gal.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.